Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome, podcasters. This is Jim. I'm going to introduce the song. Remember, we're also working on a little side road here called uh, uh, Jazz Kind of History. And we worked our way up to the song, songbook people, Gershwin's and, um, and Irving Berlin and so forth, that group. And also, while that was going, that's when we said um, European harmony began to meet um, uh, jazz at that point, so we're getting a little more sophisticated. Um, but also in Kansas City, there's a real powerful blues and rhythm section and of Count Basie. So I'm going to introduce a couple of things. He didn't write these songs, but he used a rhythm section just like this. So Count Basie. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, so welcome podcasters, a special our special podcast today. Ray has returned. Did you know he was gone? <laughs> yeah, he's been gone. He's been on an adventurous tour. He's been in England, and we're going to hear all about that. Um, so, Ray, let's say hello. Let him know you're back. Hello. See? All oh. right. <laughs> He's got an English accent. Oh my heavens! That's all I got. That's all. <laughs> he got in at um, like eight thirty last evening. and back into the Los Angeles, and he's been gone ever since. He hasn't even he hasn't been to work yet. He's probably have a little jet lag, but anyway, he's here. So good, good times there. Yeah, yeah some good times. So. Um, I'm going to kind of separate the program. Uh, get a few themes to begin, a little work, but then we're going to end up with the dessert um, with Ray speaking about uh, his trip. He had a lot of fun. So let's do a little work first, and then we'll move on. Um, so remember, the, when we begin, we always try to um, see where we are. What, what are we from? I'm, I'm in front of a computer. I'm in a room. Um, try to sense that. Try to um, begin to come back to our bodies. So we're, t- we're turning the attention, moving our attention from the head into the body and feeling the sensation of the body. So podcasters, if you want to join us, you can check out your posture. Um, have a sense of bringing that energy of the head into the body so you can begin to feel the body now. And as the program goes on, our 30 or 40 minutes that we do, um, see if in some way, even though by the time we get to race part, we get, we'll get all kinds of excitements and um, adventures. Uh, but even through all of it, can I somehow um, maintain something that feels like a little deeper part of me. All right, now our topic is what I'll open the show with, and you know, Ray will join in anytime, anytime he wants to, is um, we we're talking about addiction. Um, and so addiction covers a lot of ground. And so today we just want to uh, talk a little bit about the underlining systems that can fuel uh, addictions, maybe give a little definition. Um, And one of the strongest things that underline, I think, is the actual birth process and beginning of infancy. Um, How that goes, the alignment, the dance with mother, the caretakers, um, how was that? Were we really seen? Were we experienced? How was that engagement? Was it a real dance uh, between caretaker and baby? Um, And if it's not, then there's a certain kind of beginning um, problems that begin to occur that were kind of uh, damaged at the level of uh, attunement. In other words, we're a little out of tune. I did the trumpet music when I began uh, the show today. And if I pull that shank out just a quarter of an inch um, the music part would be all flat or would affect everything I played. That's the same thing with this. When the attunement is off, we're kind of 
um, we're flat. Something's not right about us. And the alignment of our being. Um, and we're damaged at the level of orientation, the basic level of orientation of our life, um, where our primal needs, um, something went wrong in our primal needs. So I've come to see addictions much more than a specific ingestive uh, uh, or process addiction, not just what you take in, but the subtle integration um, of um, society's addiction inside of us. In other words, I'm going to say something different than how most people would say, but I'm saying that we're born into an addictive society. In fact, the society is an active addict. Now, that's usually not said in that way. But it's like, it's like being born in, uh, into, with a rock or with a rock cocaine mother. And it's a matter of degree. Um, and the baby now is now involved in that. So because the addictive process in the foundation of our society, none of us escape it. We could point to other people, but, uh, but none of us escape it. And each one of us needs to face the addictive process and the form it takes, the specific addiction, and understanding the underlying system that keeps it alive. You know, I was, um, <clears throat> I was a lot of the time I spent in the country there, meaning out the outskirts of town and um, in, in a village called um, Frampton on the Severn, a population 1,200 people. Tiny, you know, considering where I come from. And you're talking about societal addiction and the way of life there versus my conditioning and my addiction in this society. I mean, you when you're there for a little while, you really hone into it and really can see it. Everyone has a garden. The pace there is like, it's a n nice way to live. Mm -hmm. And the people are kind and they're smiling faces. And when I landed, you know, last night and I got up this morning and I was walking around, and, you know, I have a tendency to, to, to smile at people or say hello. But you can, it's not prevalent here. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, People are riding by on a bike and say hello, and it's a whole different vibration versus <clears throat> this place. Yeah, and it's extreme. It's really extreme, and it also, you know, it's light out at four a.m. The sunrise. Well, it's summertime there, so you know, it's the the sun's out. It's not the sun's out. It's you know, rising at four a.m. And I had some problems sleeping there, but. I'd walk around at 4 a.m. in these fields and, you know, pet a horse and mm -hmm. look at these huge scapes and then the Severn River is there and, you know, the, the geese, the the swans, the blue, you know, the heron. And, and I want to go back. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's a nice way to live. Wow. And it's, it's um, and then you, you can just see that as you're talking about a societal addiction, and my God, you do—you can't escape it here. You cannot. And now that you're talking about it, 
if it makes me really see it versus what I just left. Mm. And it'll, it'll knock you in the head. And you don't think you're really participating in it, but you're not even conscious that you are participating in it because this is what, all you know. And then you go somewhere such where I've been and you, you know, and then also the history there. And, you know, I was in a home that 23 prior generations lived in. I don't know what. Part of it was built in 1033. And you, you're amazed. You know, and then there'll be a church, a cemetery, and a pub all within the confines of this room. There, it's that close. And you just, you know, it's a much different way of life. Wow. So Ray gives us our first taste of that difference, being in a different world, a different society. Um, we, you know, we're so used to this kind of mad, um, modern big city world of freeways and so forth. But he tells us there could be something quite different. And the generations seem to mix there much better. Like the geriatric population's held in higher regard, mm. which I like, you know, and, and you can feel it there. And, you know, you'll have four generations in a pub all intermingling, you know, which isn't that common here. You don't see that, that. I mean, maybe some places. I don't really know of them. You know, but you'll see that. And they know each other. You mm. know, it's village life. You know, everybody yeah. knows. I mean, the guy I went with grew up in this community that I, I visited. And, um, you know, you ask his mother, Babs, about something in the town. And, and you'll know. You'll get the straight skinny mm. on it. And, you'll, you know, town hall. That kind of thing. I mean, every little mm -hmm. nuance. No, by the way, no addresses in this town. Everything's named. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, it's Whittle House. Oh, all right. <laughs> you know. It's on, what street is it on? Oh, street. That's the name of the street. <laughs> and the biggest, the biggest um, green, they call it. They call lawns greens. The biggest uh, community green there is in England, in that this little town, which is, you know, about a mile by about, a quarter mile wide and it's communal you mm. know you see the kids playing cricket on it you see which by the way is a horrible game and then you see you know everybody hangs out you know and you're yeah. you know you have a horse trotting by you that's the other thing mm. though everything coexists and co-mingles all within these mm. confines so you see you know, not only with the pe and then people get milk delivered still and yeah. things of that nature. So it's a diff. It's yeah, you can really feel wow. it, the addiction <clears throat> thing. And then when I got here this morning, and I walked in the Starbucks, you know, I made a point to look people in the eye and and smile, like be available at some level. You know, which doesn't happen too much, hmm. or I'm in a rush. So Ray speaks. Well, what it, what it feels like to be in a communal life. Well, most of us forgot that. I mean, I mean, I I hardly know. I don't, I don't know the people on my street, or you know, I know the people next door, but very little connection with them. But what a difference in having communal life, where you all could meet and talk to each other. Yeah, that's quite something. Okay, so we're going on with. Um, continuing on with um, one of the essential ideas so far presented 
the core experience of being addicted is powerlessness. So we can think of that ourselves when we can't handle something. Having lost control over the use of whatever it would be, alcohol, drugs, sexual stuff, all of that. Um, another central idea is that society itself is the addict. Now that's a different view. Society itself is the active addictive being. An infant is born to our crack cocaine. You, I said that before. You had the idea about that. So something, another thing about it is that it becomes very automatic. You know, think of your car. I remember when I was just beginning to drive in the 40s or, I don't know, was I driving in the 40s? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> no? Yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah, okay. Um, think of the car now. They used to have the shift there. Remember? No, I'm going to say my audience is much younger. But you had to shift gears, put the clutch in, and you Standard. Shift. Standard, that's called. Yeah. And then Oldsmobile came along with this um, automatic shift, and um, that bypassed the whole problem. Now, there was no need for that shifting stuff. You now had an automatic situation. Now let's let's get a little etymology and say what are, what kind of word automatic. It comes from two root words. It's a Greek word, uh, auto meaning self, and matos meaning um, um, thinking or animated. So things that are automatic um, uh, have a life of their own. They develop their own life. One sets one set in motion. They go on by themselves without any particular intention or attention from the person. So that's in that's 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 word now I'm I'm really connecting with addiction, automatic. It gets going and it pretty much stays in motion. Now getting a little back to um underlining uh, underlining um condition is that the, the nurturing, when the, if the nurturing fails at a, cru, at a crucial point in the stages of development, um, uh, and then something really begins to, to go wrong. Whatever the potential of the child is really being affected now. And, and the longer it stays that way, and the more the person's not prepared for the next level. When, when infants are placed in impoverished environments, their abilities to explore, observe, and experiment are blocked. So they already begin to lose that capacity and also the continuation of development. You so, know, I was yeah. staying with my buddy, you know, and um, he's got this uh, trigger that, I, that I've noticed a few times where he has this this strange temper that seems to come out of nowhere I mean I understand it's from stress or whatever and then he'll explain himself or whatever but um, I met his parents mm. and to see his father's behavior and mm. then to, to put now I've known this guy for 20 years and then to see its origin it is so blatant in your face and it is so obvious like 
because I have done work on myself and um, where he gets it. And then you'll see other mechanisms that are in place that are automatic and you can see their origin. And it's it's pretty eye-opening. And then it also opens your eyes to your own self, mm-hmm. you know, that you can see it in someone else. And now and you're looking at parents that are 77 and 78 years old, and then you see, you know, the whole dynamic at work, and you're an outsider to this family, mm-hmm. you know. And this guy is successful, I mean, the, you know, by any standard. And um, it's pretty, it's a pretty... You know, it, it's something to ingest. It's something to take in. Mm. And then you'll see other things, too. And then you, you get it. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like, it's like you get hit on the head with a bat. I mean, mm. especially if you're working on oneself, you can see them. You know, I've definitely seen my mother and father's behaviors in me that I've, you know, more or less inherited. Unconsciously, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and in place. Yeah. And they're generational. I mean, like you've spoken about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ray saw that. And we know in our own families. And sometimes the combinations are a little different uh, with each sig- sibling in the family. Some get a mixture more of parents. Some are more and dominant of one parent or another. Um, so this can go different, different ways. Now, 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 before I leave this whole part, I want to say one thing about the wound and the preparation of the child. There are three sources in a new forming life. One is the source of possibility. So whatever you are, whether you're a, a zebra or a human being, uh, in that wound is a source of a possibility of any of the species that we have in our life. So there's a possibility, unless there's some damage done, um, there's a possibility. And the second is a source of energy in which to explore that possibility. And third, there needs to be a safety to really experiment with that possibility. So first place, the possibility itself, if it's intact, Second place, the energy and motivation it needs. And third, safety, so it can operate. So those are, that's what I'm calling the matrix. Those three things have to be set in place. And when they're damaged, when these three are not met, when those needs are not met, they form a template or a mold for shaping the higher development and the preparation for the addictive life. When those things go wrong, a pothole psychologically is in us and, and, and the behavior of uh, addictive behavior can get caught in one of those holes. We become incredible prey for addictive behavior when that matrix is off. I hope hey, and Jim, on that, on that high note, um, let's hear something from our sponsor. Okay. <laughs> Hey everybody, if you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, you know how convenient it is and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it, and we really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com. 
just because they support us. And I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. We're back. Okay, we're back. Uh, okay, so we're, we're, we're going through the different aspects. We're talking about the underlying aspect, talking about that society itself is an addict. So, of course, we got to have something in that addictive field somewhere. It's no longer just um, the way it was at one time. There was we, the normal people, um, looking at the, the alcoholics and drug, and they were, like, so different. Um, it's becoming so that we and them are getting closer now because everybody's got some form of the addiction. At one time, it was more of a medical problem, but now it's much more, um, it's much more broad. Um, in fact, like I said, a new metaphor for human pain has been born. Addiction is a metaphor for human pain. Over the last 30 years, the ideas of addiction has been applied to a much broader background. It's not just the alcoholic now or just the, uh, the, the drug user. It's a much bigger deal now, including much more of us now. And there's the addictions of, there's even love addictions, sex addictions, relationship addictions, possession addictions, power addiction. Shopping. And, Shopping, yeah. They go on and on. On and on. So now look at the addiction field, how it's changed from one or two to a whole field. And somewhere we're caught in there. Yeah, like no one escapes really, right? Yeah. I mean, gambling. I mean, somebody's, yeah. one of them's touching you somewhere. Somewhere, right. And now, you know, that's a matter of degree. It's a matter of degree before we can call it an addiction. And to think of the influence of TV and electronic entertainment. Um, oh, we're fucking doomed. The, <laughs> the fast-paced, compelling impressions received by a largely passive and uncritical audience has created the unprecedented separation between feeling and action. So think of us now as we sit in front of our TVs at night. We're watching all this kind of compelling action or this erotic, romantic stuff, and people are doing all kinds, and we're sitting. Um, yeah, you're like buying into the false life. Yeah. You yeah. really are. I mean, I didn't watch TV in England. Whoa, wow. I, okay, I'm lying. I watched a little just because it was semi-entertaining, and uh -huh. they say things like fuck and stuff like that. Like, well, I only watched it when I came home late at night, but um, real cheeky, real like combative, but didn't watch too much of it, but now when you mention it, when I picture myself watching TV here, wow, what a, what a, that's a big fake. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. It's funny how you would say also, hey, turn, get a hold of your body, check what's going on, and maybe turn that TV off. And then yet how, how drawn we are to it at mm. a level. Like, God, fuck, I missed The Bachelorette. Really? <laughs> You know, I'm really thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I mean, it's, it's something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really that electronic world and a passivity watching it. Think of that. The power of all those impressions running through us in all different ways. Now, it is passive, too. It's almost passive aggressive, though, because it sucks up like a world of time. It really does. It's like you're on off 
for all those moments that TV's on. That's a good one, Jim. That should mm-hmm. be a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I mean, you are, though. You're off. Mm-hmm. So somehow the actions of our life um, begin to get separated. Our emotions begin get separated from real action because they're tied up with passive uh, um, entertainment. And um, to the extent that any of us lives in ignorance of any other dimension but this one, um, in ignorance of any spiritual dimension of our own lives, acting automatically without any sense of obligation to someone or something beyond ourselves and our addiction, then we are addicts to that. Okay, so um, we said we'd spend the last part getting a little more into Ray's world. He's joined us and told us a couple of things so far. So, audience, you can let us know if you want us to go on with a little more addiction. We just gave some of the beginning underlining reasons and definitions of the word automatic and um, how once we get into it, um, it's very difficult to, because it becomes almost imprinted in our nervous system and our neural patterns. But let's say, so let's say everybody is addicted, you know, let's just come, let's draw that conclusion a little. Everybody is at a level or, or some kind of percentage, yeah? So what's the, you know, so everybody would want to know, you know, how do I see it? How do I get above it? Not above it, but how do I, you know, how do I acknowledge it and let something else or let something different or, like you say, more spiritual or deeper truth in? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the bind everyone's in. Yeah, so what we'll, what we'll do is, um, you know, we spoke, we've been, prior to this uh, subject, we were talking about Buddhism and uh, trying to integrate Buddhism and a little bit of Western psychology. Anyway, Buddhism noticed this uh, 600, Buddha was 600 B.C., and he noticed that he didn't call them addictions, but he called us the way we were attached to things, stuck in them. And he named also all these things, little different way of naming them. But he knew at that time that unless you found something meaningful in life and you had some meaning that could lift you beyond these habitual uh, appetites and so on, and that um, that's what Buddha, Buddhism was this, was derived on that foundation of how to begin to come back to a deeper self. So we'll use, we'll might start with them and their mindfulness next week and um, for the audience that might want to have something to practice now that we began to give it an outline. So Ray raises the question, how do we work with it? So that, we'll pick up on that next week. So Ray, our time left of 10 minutes or so. Tell us a little more. So you were you were in a you were in your friend's small village? Yeah. Did you ever get to Germany? <clears throat> no, never made it to Germany. But England's just like Germany except they speak English. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like, I thought was I'm, not, I'm not kidding either. I mean, they look they look very similar as far as an aesthetic, but England, a lot of history there. I mean, that that was it's amazing that you can be, you can see 
you know, an 800-year-old church, a cemetery, and a pub all within 15 feet of each other, you know, with a cobblestone street versus, you know, it's just, it's a little overwhelming. And then every everywhere you go, you know, if there was an indigenous stone, that's what that town got built with. Salisbury, beautiful, Bournemouth, beautiful. You know, I went, we went all over the place and it was... um it was something to behold. And the history of the country is amazing. You know, you're in this small little town and, you know, part of it was started, part of this farmhouse was from 1033, you know, and 23 generations living in a home. Really? Like, where does that happen here? Mm. So you have you have a different, a tra- you know, it's a different addiction, I guess you would say, but it's a different... <laughs> You know, it's a different way of life. I mean, you see, you go and pet a foal next to a mare. Mm. And then, you know, 10 seconds later, you're at, you know, you're looking at a thatched cottage where you have to duck to get in the front door. You know, uh, that kind of stuff's really compelling to me. And being close to animals like that, that's really That's something. Nice, yeah. yeah. In fact, when you go to certain pubs, you'll read the menu, and then this cow was purchased at auction for, you know, this is what you're eating because these are these villages. So this is a prize-winning cow that you're about to oh. participate in, you know, in consuming. <laughs> you know, so you, oh, know, wow. you have a little bit of the history. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was just, it was, I loved it, every minute of it. And London is absolutely nuts. I mean, it's amazing. It's huge. A lot of people, a lot of people on bikes there too. A lot of diesel there, you know. A lot of, um, you know, we drove around in an Audi A4 that was diesel powered. A lot of just a completely different way of life mm-hmm. that I'm conditioned to, you know. And it was eye opening, and I, I really can't wait to get back at some level really yeah it was it was a lot of fun and the guy i went with he's a a famous bike builder so it's like he's known and you get treated pretty well you know that's Mm -hmm. that's a nice way to go anywhere Mm -hmm. you know and then it's just you know i went to a hell's angels chapter in london you know that kind of thing Mm. no it was good it wasn't no not weird at all it was all right you know and it was it was it was actually a great time i mean i'll get more into it as the stories come, you know, I, I I haven't even been home yet, so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. All right, so we're going to get some good good feedback from Ray and his trip on his new world of England. And he revisit all those country towns and in London itself. He never, Ray uh, had uh, spent some time in his youth uh, in Germany, it's about six months, if I remember. Yeah, right. that's called getting deported, Jim. That's a little different, okay. a little different flavor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was, yeah, six, I lived there. You know, we got. And then I went back in two thousand six with my mom. Oh, you did go back. Yeah, there. I went there with. I went to oh, her yeah. hometown. But um, England's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. really the thing is the weather. Wow. You talk about a 25-degree variance within 15 minutes. And then rain. You, know, you, you have to be ready. You, know, you need four outfits to leave the house. Not like here. When you, yeah. when you look outside, all right, I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm good. No, no, no. There, you're not good. Bring your umbrella, boots. Oh, yeah. Bring, <laughs> get get yeah. ready because you are in for some weather. 
But the people as a whole, the nation, I was tickled pink. They were fantastic. Mm. The whole, everyone, everyone treats you super well. And you also notice like, a lot of working class, a lot of um, rolling of your own cigarettes because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of underlying stuff going on, too. Did you stay at a hotel when you were in London, or did you always go back to the village? Never. No, stayed in a couple of different hotels. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I was in, no, when I was in London, I stayed in a, a community called Surrey, which is just outside. But then I stayed in a hotel in um, Berkeley, or Berkeley, rather, Berkeley Castle, whose descendants started Berkeley mm-hmm. over here. Yeah, the college. And then Edward II and a bunch of stories there with a hop. I don't need to get into that. But it's, you know, you're you're in a castle that's built in 1300. Mm. Went to a wedding there, stayed there. And then I stayed in Bournemouth, which is a, a seaside community. I stayed, you know, we had like three, four nights away from from Frampton on the Severn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, we drove over a thousand miles. Wow. It was, it was something. Well, uh, Ray mentioned Barclay Square. It's a beautiful song about in Barclay Square. Maybe we'll do that. Uh, uh, written in, in the, uh, around the Second World War, I think. Uh, but a very beautiful, the nightingale sang in Barclay Square. Wonderful. I think we'll do that for Ray. That Prince, um, what's the guy's name who's going to be king that everybody knows? Anyway, William. I went to his, what? William? No, no, not William. His dad. What's his dad's name? I forget. Oh. Nobody likes him anyway, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> no, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Edward. Prince Charles. Charles. Thank you. Charles. Wow. Anyway, Prince Charles has a um, um, like a farm there where you can go buy his goods and such. And mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I mean, everybody likes him there, you know. I oh. guess I'm just kidding. But um, and Windsor Castle, which oh, is yeah. crazy huge, it's unbelievable. That is nuts. I'm sorry, I, it I've is. Been before, and that is crazy to just to stand at certain edges of the property and look and at look it. at the vastness of it. It's just like, really? I know. You go, wow. It's, it's breathtaking, and it's really hard to explain in words. And really, I mean, the history there is, and you'll see um, tombs and grave sites that are. From 1100, you know, and and then you look at the dates and some of the deaths and you go, wow, this guy lived to be 86. Well, of course he did. That's the only people could afford, you know, tombs and gravesites. So but, you know, so you see that it's just amazing that the gentleman there lived to be 86 at that time. You know, it's it's. And gardens everywhere. A lot of people growing their own food. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a different perspective on what you eat, mm-hmm. I have to say. Because when we would have family dinner, my buddy's father w- was the main cook. And he made some, I'm telling you, he is good. He, he made some divine food. But then, you know, our salad and a lot of our vegetables were from the garden, their mm-hmm. garden, not mm-hmm. bought. You know, right there. And that's that's a nice feeling. It's it's good. Well, all right. So much more to go, but we got a, at least a preview. Um, so uh, we're going to be, be uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm next week. Uh, my audience, see if you, you know, you know a song called The Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square. 
Yeah, look it up. What year is that, up. Jim? Before you... I think I think it was during the war. I think it was in the forties, but I'll have to check that out. But it is a gorgeous song. That I, maybe next week I'll play for Ray in tribute to his English experience. So we'll continue with that, and um, we'll continue with the uh, with addiction. If that, let us know if this interests you. And also, you you might have some experiences with this, and you might want to share that. So, uh, what did I do? Let us know on Twitter. Is that? Yeah. Twitter. A Twitter. <laughs> yes, on Twitter at LLWJC. Okay. Did or you? email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com. Okay. So, that'll show us if you want to go, if you, or if you want something else also. Then you can, uh, let us hear from you. We want to know you're there. And I can do other topics, too, that you might be interested in as we go along. Uh, but we might have one more on on the addiction, but we'll see. And, um, and we'll continue with that. Okay, so we'll... Number four. Oh, here we go. Oh, I forgot about this part. One, two. Oh, one, two, three. Oh, Rob, we're going to have a little English. We'll maybe have Ray do some English scatting. Oh, that'll be a good idea. I left that in England. (laughs) Okay, well, well, we want to say goodbye to the audience, and we always goodbye with a little song. We had a big Ray day today with his English part. Here we go. Oh, jump, bop, bop, beep, bop, bop, ah, England is great, yeah. English is great. English is, is great. great. Yeah. yeah, he crossed all the, those villages, and they were all just the cemetery. All that was <laughs> really something. Here we go. English is great. Here we go. English is great. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, after hearing Ray about it, now I know I got to go there now. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, you should. Yeah, I really have to get to England. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 bop, bop. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 bop. Bob. Ray, what's the name of that village that you were going to Frampton? Frampton, on Frampton. Severin. On Severin, yeah. Severin. Severin. Framp, Framp, Tramp, Tramp, Framp, Framp, Frampton is a great little town. Oh, yeah, here we go. Framp, Framp, Frampton, Severin is a great little town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look oh. at the flatboats go. The people are sweet. Divine and thank you for the treat. All right, a little poetry there too. Okay, audience, we're back in uh, in our full strength again. Ray is home, and um, we welcome him home. Thank you, Jim. And we're um, we're talking about addiction. I hope to hear from you if you're any other subject you would like. Bob, be Bob. Okay, uh, here we go. note and holds it. B, I have no note, Jim. Yeah. Uh, remember, Ray's got a, he hasn't even been asleep yet. Not really. <laughs> um, okay, bop, 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 bop. Okay, see if audience. One, two, three, four. 
Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com.